are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome. I am your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella, and you are listening to Unbuckled. And we are unbuckling the fantastic world of sex communication because when you talk about it, you get to do more of it. More educated, fun, exciting sex comes through communication and conversation. And my guest today is someone who also loves to talk about sex, the host of Love Bites, Dr. Tara. Dr. Tara, welcome. Hi, hi, hi. I'm so ready to get unbuckled with you. Yes. Oh, so you um, are also a professor. I mean, talk about like not just loving to talk about sex, but like (laughs) you know, getting all the nuts and the bolts and the, the deep, juicy uh, science behind the sex. Totally. To talk about. Yeah. Getting all the nuts. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, how did you become a professor of sexual relationships and education? Yeah. So my courses are sexual communication and relational communication. So two separate courses. Mm -hmm. And I teach at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, How did I become a professor? So I went to graduate school thinking perhaps I might become some type of like coach in an organization, like a relationship coach or like a kind of like a performance coach in an organization. This is back in the days when I started my master's, which uh, is a long time ago. Uh, After coursework of the first year, I realized the most interesting part that I have learned was romantic relationship because Mm -hmm. every single person I know has issues with romantic relationships. So I just thought, how can I be a part of this Group of people that research and learn more and contribute knowledge about happy, healthy relationships. And so moving forward into my PhD program, uh, I was like, okay, like I'm more and more interested Mm -hmm. in romantic relationships. But actually my PhD dissertation was on empathy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And actually how to express empathy, how to uh, empathically communicate. Yeah. So it was, uh, so I constructed this uh, measurement and theory called empathic expressions theory, Mm -hmm. but it's (laughs) come to know now, come to know now, uh, it's, it heavily applies to sexual communication because in order to communicate sexually before sex, during sex, after sex, it takes a lot of empathy, takes a lot of perspective taking, Mm -hmm. right. And being mindful, uh, care about the other person. So, uh, yeah. And so after my PhD and I, uh, was blessed to get this job as a tenure, uh, tenure track professor Mm -hmm. at Cal state Fullerton, my boss asked like, what class do I want to teach? And I wanted to teach the classes in this realm of romantic relationship. And so, yeah, so bam, I got to teach sexual communication uh, as my class, as someone that researched sexual communication. And also it, I'm writing a textbook 
uh, in sexual oh, wow. communication. Yeah. With my two co-authors that's going to be coming out next semester. I'm just super excited. I feel super so blessed exciting. because doing all the research for the textbook, I learn a lot because, you know, right. you have to have all the nitty gritty for a textbook. I love it because I mean, that's literally expression like we use it like like a textbook example like that's like something we say, you know, when we're yeah. referring to something that you can like pinpoint you could go and like, you know, so you're literally writing the textbook examples of sexual communication. I fucking love this. this yes. Awesome. Yeah. So next time you're like, well, it's literally a textbook. Then you can just, <laughs> it's, te- it's Tara's textbook. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, because. Um, you were talking about, you know, empathy in, in sex and the idea of, of mindfulness. And I was teaching a, a intro to Tantra last night. And like, I was like, that's the biggest thing is Love this ability that. to be in your sensory system in such a way that you have compassion for yourself and the other person, this like, you know, deeper empathy, this love. And, and then you're like bringing words to it, you know, it's like, okay. And so then how do you actually express that? How do you actually communicate this kind of ethereal, emotional, abstract thing that is love and romance and our like, you know, sexual, uh, desires and fantasies and use, you know, your words, it it can be really nerve wracking. Cause it's like the word language to me is, is almost as out of, you know, we take it out of the body. Like we're making right. the sound and coming out of the body. Um, and like sex really is an inherently in body thing. So ha- to have to like use your words yeah. to talk about it, it's like, Oh, I, I like feel really nervous. I feel really like yeah. awkward. So what is um, like, all right. So you're sitting with your partner and you're like, I want to express you know, my, my nervousness around sex or around wanting to like try out a fantasy, where does that conversation begin? Yeah. So I often, uh, talk to my clients about their culture or relationship first. Mm. It's definitely important to understand what is their culture right now? Like what is the norm in this culture between, uh, you and him or you and them, right? Yeah. Um, so if they are in the culture of communication where they're always communicating about everything, right? Uh, if your partner didn't take the trash out, you don't feel afraid to say like, hey, babe, don't forget to take the trash out, mm-hmm. right? So I first try to understand the culture of their relationship. If they're already communicative, it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. start. For example, if you wanted to communicate a certain sexual fantasy, you might just bring up like, okay, I saw a TikTok video today about sexual fantasies. And I was just wondering, like, what do you think about ABC, right? Like, what do you think about group sex? Mm -hmm. Or uh, what's your, um, what are some of your fantasies? Like, let's just talk about it. And, you know, it's always good to set this tone of like playfulness and Mm -hmm. just like, we're just chatting, right? Right. But that's, that's easier said than done, especially for people that already have culture of communication in their relationship. Uh, For people that don't have that culture of communication, it takes a lot of priming. And this Mm -hmm. is a huge concept in just like the studies of human communication is before you drop information that is new and kind of scary to the other person, you want to prime them first. Mm -hmm. So maybe a few days before you want to start talking about sexual fantasies, you want to prime with, you know, oh my gosh, like, have you seen that TV show? is that so interesting? Like, and it's like TV show about fantasies or any type Mm -hmm. of like sex related stuff. Right. And then the next day you might be like, 
yeah, like I heard my friend Megan just had like really amazing sex with her new boy. Like I'm so excited about that. Right. So it's like priming. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, we've been talking about sex for like every single day for three days now. So mm-hmm. day three, like, hey, I just read something uh, online. Actually, Christiane uh, had an article talking about tantric sex. I think it's super interesting. Have you ever heard of tantric sex before? Right. So priming really helps because psychologically there's already like that like little piece of Mm -hmm. message in your head and so by the time you want to talk it comes out easier absolutely yeah i i it's like a sandwiching technique that's you know my is like you want to you know mirror it on either side with yeah with kind of setting it up with planting the seeds for the conversation you want to have and then having that conversation um and then, you know, on the back end, like checking in and being yeah. like, yeah, so like, how did that, you know, land with you? And when you said um, sandwiching, I told I totally thought about different things. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, what kind of sandwiching? Well, and that's really important to have conversations before you're in, you know, body sandwiches with people. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, you know, what you just said about um feeling your body and uh, the class that you just taught yesterday Mm. and all of that like sensory stuff and feeling your body internally and Mm. honestly also like feeling your brain right when people ask me like what the hell does that mean like really just stop and take the time like what am I thinking right now like what am I feeling right now Uh, all of that that you teach I think it's fascinating and I think that it takes a little bit more understanding internally first to effectively communicate. Yeah. So really like we're, we complement each other so well. Yeah. Like it's like you first have to like explore those senses. And that's why I've been personally, I've been like hardcore exploring my senses and my body and yeah. just travel inward and understanding myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why like sexual mindfulness has been like the theme of my, my year, like just exploring <laughs> inside because I already know all the social scientific research about how to communicate, how to dirty talk, how to pillow talk, how to bring up se- sexual issues. But what is the what is it that I feel internally mm-hmm. is something that is a journey of mine. Oh, I love that. It it really does they you know they they need each other. Um that that side of us that, you know, doesn't have words and and the part that can make it make sense, you know, mm-hmm. and I think in order to ask for what you want, you need to know what it is you want. And so like tapping in. Um, but yeah, I mean, your, your amazing research actually became a Ted talk. I love that. I was like, woo, Ted talks, the yeah. sisters. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, your Ted talk becoming sexually powerful was a study of 5,000 people mm-hmm. on sexual confidence, sexual mindfulness, how it, it, it plays into your self-esteem. Um, you even shared in that, you know, part of your own experience. So yeah, in the research, you know, what is, what is a common thread that you've found in connecting um, one, I guess, how to become more sexually confident or like, what is the piece if someone, you know, is feeling like they aren't sexually confident, what is something that they want to maybe check in with that, um, that tends to be a pattern of, of how that shows up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. The biggest contributor to your sexual confidence is your self-esteem. So through research, that has the most, what we call, variance accounted for. Yeah. <laughs> it's the strongest predictor 
of sexual confidence is your sexual self-esteem, which is by definition, uh, how do you view yourself sexually? How do you view your worth? Do you feel like you're worthy of pleasure and connection? And worth is such a loaded term. When I tell my students, like, you know, how do you view your worth uh, in connection to, you know, pleasure? They're like, whoa, that's so deep. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's a loaded term. So, like, I guess we can unpack that. Like, what do you think goes into someone's, like, sexual worth? Like, how they feel their worth? You know? I think it begins with a acceptance that you're here as a result of sex. So on a scientific level, your sexuality is not a dirty, bad, um, Mm -hmm. sinful thing. It's nothing to be separate from. It literally is how you got here. So then if you go past like the science stuff and on a spiritual level, this creative spark of energy Mm -hmm. is in you it is inherently of you so again you can't be separate from it it's like there's nothing that you're not everything that made human beings human beings connects i mean the trillions of us billions of us you know that all like we're all made of the same creative spark we all came here the same way i mean i guess you know test tube babies aside like yeah but the majority but yeah like the you know it's it's this um trust in the inherent beingness of of life energy and then with that is like this sense you know of what i think of as yeah is like this spiritual empathy that i i am there is enough of everything like a sense of wholeness within that you just trust in and for some people then this is where it gets tricky is like they felt that feeling when they maybe went to church or when Mm -hmm. somebody praised them in their family or some other entanglements show up where it's like this external thing yeah validates the fact that like oh you're one of us you're you're loved you're accepted you're welcome but if if it happens to validate it it can happen to take it away and that's usually what happens and then we're like oh some church some adult figure person authority love nurture giver said hey this thing you did this thing you said this this part of somehow you know you showing up and expressing yourself we don't think that that's good we're judging it we're saying we don't love it we're saying don't do it anymore and then little parts of ourselves like retreat and they get small and separate because they're like oh my god i'm not good i'm not worthy i'm not you know and so then we think we're not worthy to even mm-hmm. exist, let alone have pleasure. It's just like, so yeah, so that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a big piece that, um, yeah. yeah, I definitely think, you know, just that's why I feel like this, the separation of spirituality and sexuality is detrimental to us mm-hmm. because without that sense that like your, the essence of who you are bigger than your brain and your physical body is all that is and ever was and ever will be and you know it's like and just to like be like okay so then that means sex you know this expression of myself whether it shows up in sex or any other kind of creative act i think um yeah it's it's that is the piece to be like okay i i trust and i am just like i am i am a sexual being 
I yeah. literally am a sexual being. <laughs> so, I like, yeah, love everything um, you just said. And you're right on the spot there. Uh, when it comes to your sexual words, uh, it's what you just said in summary, it's both internal and external, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times we put too much weight on the external, which is af- affected by education uh, mm-hmm. or lack thereof, right? In certain parts of the country, that education is very, very intense, oh, like yeah. abstinence only, and you're going to hell. And all of the scare tactics, really, it's fear-based education, which yeah. we all know now we have a, a evidence to show that it doesn't work mm-hmm. and it's actually unhealthy and does more harm to children, teenagers, and those that become, uh, when when they become young adults, it, it's, yeah. it's heavily damaging. Um, so mm-hmm. it's external like education. It's external like your family, what they say mm-hmm. to you, what, how they talk about sex. Are they being secretive mm-hmm. uh, or are they being loving and open? Um, and then there's uh, media. Media heavily affects how you view sex, right? And if you consume a lot of certain type of media, then maybe you view sex very negatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that contribute to your like low self-esteem when it comes to sex. And then the internal part, the biggest part about your sexual self-esteem is your body image, mm-hmm. how you view yourself in relation to your body. And, uh, you know, uh, you talk about this a lot, how like you, like it's a really like a ethereal bodily thing, right? Mm-hmm. So even to get to that headspace yeah. where you're like, oh, I feel my body, I love my body. Like it's hard. A lot of people don't even like their body. They don't even mm-hmm. look in the mirror uh, and and feel like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm rocking this outfit, right? So millions of people out there uh, are already at a, at this point where it's like a negative start. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, how do we get there? How do we get to sexual confidence when your sexual self-esteem is low? And the toxic part is even even if your sexual self-esteem is low, most people are taught to not talk about it or work on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's just kind of, you know, you 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 have low sexual self-esteem as a teen, as a young adult, as an adult, as a parent. And then you die with low sexual self-esteem. You just never fixed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because the shame, the shame just like, yeah. it's a vicious yeah. cycle. You know, it's we a don't huge talk. shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't ever talk about it. And it's like, a lot of people told me, well, why would I go see a sex therapist or sex therapist or a sex coach? Like, I don't need that. I, I know how to do sex. I'm like, yeah, it's not about that. It's not about doing sex. Yeah. It's about everything else that contributes to you actually not being able to do sex great (laughs) yeah and it it is such a multifaceted thing that I people I think don't appreciate that it isn't just this physical act like you know that's absolutely a component but it is mental it is the ability to communicate it is the empathy um you know and and that uh, energy of like romance this this mm-hmm. connection it's like it's a mental physical emotional and spiritual mm-hmm. package they all play a role and wow. yeah you know it's like it's great if you you got one down but like ideally you want to you want to be yeah. going for for more than that and um yeah you know the ability to communicate and so that's why i love that like there's people like you that have this amazing podcast which i um did an episode on tantra on love bites and you have amazing guests so definitely check out love bites by dr tara because 
conversations about sex, I mean, that is how we're going to change. We're going to break stigma and we're going to create a safe space for people to build confidence because when you know you're not alone and you're like, oh, hey, have you felt this way? It's like, you know, in that space of seeing yourself reflected, I think we're reminded again of that like connection to our worthiness. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people have reached out to me, like, you know, for example, your episode where you talked about Tantra, mm-hmm. uh, they reached out to me and they're like, whoa, that's so interesting. Half of the people have never heard about it before. Mm-hmm. And the other half have never heard like certain parts that you shared. So it's not just that like, you know, oh, here's a sex podcast. Like right. it's it's all about self-discovery because mm-hmm. these people that reach out now they're going to go self-discover yeah. in relations to such like art that existed for thousands of years, you know, like Tantra, like now right. they can go explore other ways in which Tantra fits them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just think that's yes. so beautiful. Uh, whenever I hear something new, uh, mm-hmm. my, my, nature my nature is to try <laughs> so uh whenever I hear something new I'm like okay I'm gonna go try now and that's like that whole process of like self-discovery is very powerful and I think that's why like so when I was younger uh I had a sex coach right in which I was able to explore uh my kind of my worthiness and then my desires why why do I have such strong desires and you know this like kind of sex drive and why do I uh, want to try all these like sexual variety and then like how do I communicate this woman to other people because uh, sometimes people are very intimidated by Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm very sexually active and I want a lot of sex so uh, all of that I had to work on um, you know when I was younger in order to become the person I am today where I feel certain about myself Mm -hmm. and I know how to express and communicate my desire so it's really um, basically like transforming or converting the desires into communication and that's exactly what I teach in my class and exactly what I teach when I'm coaching when I'm coaching Mm -hmm. my clients I talk about transforming and basically converting all the internals to the external. So like converting your desires, your expectations, uh, your perception about sex, your attitude about sex, converting all of that into effective communication. And that's really uh, where I belong, like the niche that I'm in. I love it because there's... (sighs) It's like your sensory system, you know, you're going to go in and like check in like, okay, my sensory is telling me I like this pinch. I like this, this biting. Oh, that smell, that, that thing. It turns me on. I notice this reaction. And then it's like, okay, how do I take this data and Mm -hmm. like output it so that somebody else can understand what I'm asking for? Because I see it with couples all the time. They like want to dance around it because it goes back to the confidence thing of like, oh, I don't feel... Like I trust myself, I, you know, I feel nervous and vulnerable and it feels unsafe to be vulnerable. So they like, they're talking to each other with their like head down and they're like mumbling and they're like, well, well, I don't, you know, like if you want to do it and what do you think about it? And it's like, you haven't even asked for anything. You haven't even Mm -hmm. said it. And it's like, oh my God, because you feel so much shame. You're lacking the confidence. So I think to be able to even have, I feel like in the confidence building muscle is 
this ability to talk about it is to, like you said, like start to like prime things and just mm-hmm. giving yourself permission to say, Hey, I can have good communication skills. I can at least start, you know, for people who I think are like very in that systematic brain, mm-hmm. uh, logical, you know, side of things to be like, all right, I can at least start to use my communication. And then maybe that will help me even feel in a little bit more in starting to be able to express it and yeah. show up and like have that dialogue. Oh yeah. 100%. And you know, throughout all of the research in the past and my current research confirms sexual communication is the strongest predictor of long-term sexual satisfaction. So there is no happy sex life unless you become good at sexually communicating. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like if you can't ask for it, you you can't get it. And, you know, I think that's a lot of frustration we have is we're like, I... I just want them to know. And it's like, no yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. That's like, a lot of. Yeah. It's so much pressure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we are about to take our break. We are going to come back into the communication about the conversation about having sex <laughs> and all the things that go with great sexual communication and connection. Uh, we are unbuckling today with Dr. Tara of Love Bites, and you can find her on lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E. E-S, and it's lovebites.co on Instagram and TikTok. We will be back in just a moment, unbuckling even more with our guest, Dr. Tara. I'm Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. Listen for Unbuckled with host Christy Ann Bella. Whether it's the Bible Belt or sexual revolution, Unbuckled takes everything, opens it up, and strips it bare. Christy Ann knows firsthand that you can't heal what you don't reveal. So she set out to create a space where there are no secrets, just true expression. The show takes on religion, sexuality, healing powers, and communication to reveal it and feel it. The path to living in absolute pleasure and love is the most important relationship you have. Tune in for Unbuckled on Voice America Variety. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcine Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. 
Hello and welcome back, everyone. I am your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella, and we are unbuckling the topics and conversations of sex talks, how great sexual communication leads to sexual wellness, sexual joy, and ultimately knowing the worthiness of your pleasure. And with me talking about all this hot, sexy, juicy stuff is the guest, uh, the host, I'm oh, sorry, of her own fabulous podcast, Love Bites, Dr. Tara. Welcome, Dr. Dr. Tara. Hi, this is so exciting. And I'm just loving how stimulating this conversation is going. Yes. (laughs) Um, So normalizing sex talks, what do you feel like there's, there's an age where it's like, is it ever too young? Like, you know, there's obviously some ability um, to start talking about this to anyone at any age, you know, there's appropriate conversations to start normalizing sex. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on like how to begin these sex conversations? I don't think there is an age too young to start talking about sex. And here's why. Okay. Like it sounds controversial, but here's why uh, you don't have to personally uh, talk about sex to, you know, a five-year-old like, hey, one day you're going to have sex. Like, it's not about that. But can you as parents show, right? Like model your behavior of affection of, because yeah. sex isn't just like penetrative sex. It's not right. dirty. It's not bad. It's love and affection. Uh, I've seen families where, you know, they don't even kiss in front of your kids, mm-hmm. right? They don't kiss, kiss in front of their kids uh, because they think it's like, oh no, let's not do that, right? Or they think they model this behavior where they show kids that it's taboo to even mm-hmm. like, kiss out in public or you know so all of that can be introduced uh really at a young age so that kids grow up feeling like there's nothing wrong with affection love pleasure sex yeah so yeah I don't think there is an age I think you know when my kids get to like where a place where they understand, like where they have the, the certain cognitive function to understand language. Right. I'm going to talk about it because I don't want them to feel like it's anything dirty or taboo and that they have the choice to do um, whatever with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I in, in my opinion, I think it's good to model like positive, healthy sexual relationship as as parents. I think that's so important. I hear that from clients all the time is like, well, I never saw my parents hug or kiss each other or be affectionate. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, my dad never hugged me. Um, Yeah, it was, you know, like that being, you know, you have people who are closed off from from themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they're not modeling what it's like to to be intimate. And so, yeah, so then you're growing up, you know, perpetuating that. So, yeah, break the cycle and start, you know, being affectionate with your partner and, and being, you know, leading by example, showing Mm -hmm. that like, and this is something we work on in our cuddle parties where it's like, there is sensual, romantic, uh, loving touch that does not have to be sexual and Mm -hmm. like, you know, just to enjoy affection. Mm -hmm. Totally. And you know, what's really interesting and for your audience too, uh, I think in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have an episode that comes out with uh, Dr. Corey Floyd, who is a very prominent researcher of affection. And in his recent study of like a lot, like hundreds of twins, 
-hmm. he found that in men, uh, the ability to express affection is 100% environmental. 100%. So no genetics. So a lot of times people are debating about this, like nurture versus nature. Like yeah. some people are just, you know, people like to say men are just not made like that. Mm. Well, no, and men mm. are made whatever their environment is. So there's no genetic component to the ability to wow. express affection in men. Uh, so talking about like all these uh you know men that aren't able to express affection it is most likely because they grew up in a family where their parents treat affection as a taboo mm. right so yeah. the problem isn't genetics isn't like a man being a man no it's your environment it's that person's environment and mm -hmm. um there's a lot more like information about that in the episode but like for women interestingly yeah it's 50% genetics wow, and 50% environment. So there is this genetic component because, and you know, uh, based on evolutionary theory, mm -hmm. uh, it makes sense why women develop to have this like genetic function of showing affection because mm -hmm. you have to carry a baby. Right. And because you, right, like, if you think thousands of years ago, like why did we, why did we develop certain way is mm -hmm. because we needed to have this skill. Mm -hmm versus men in the past where they kind of spread seeds and go away, try to find food or something, right? Uh, they didn't need to develop that part of their brain or that part of the, the genetic function, which is so interesting to me because uh, then uh, my, my, my curiosity is then like, okay, so for women, does it mean like if I meet their mom or like their dad, then I will know if they are going to be affectionate or not? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's half-half, right? Because it's 50% genetic, 50% environment right so yeah super interesting oh wow that is fascinating and i think all the more reason to really you know be deconstructing gender roles and like have a space where young boys are taught yeah to feel their feelings to to be emotional like you know mm -hmm. validate crying validate expressions of emotion allow for play that is outside of what we would consider like typical like boys will be boys play and like you know to expose mm -hmm. you know the, the variety of you know because playing house and playing school like these are very empathetic games that you know girls tend to gravitate towards and you know is it just what's available in the environment or is there part of like you're saying this genetic thing to want to like nurture mm -hmm. something and so and why not role model that you know at young ages that you're like there's this encouragement of you know nothing is like a girly game it's like these are the things that we do to yeah to kind of play and connect and show each other yeah i definitely wish that you know less people would tell their boys like don't cry be a man because that is some toxicity that stay with them for the rest of their lives unless they go do some deep therapy <laughs> because too many men that I've met personally and professionally uh, have these issues stemming stem from the young age that mm -hmm. their parents never rewarded them when they show vulnerability in fact mm -hmm. they were punished mm -hmm. and i'm not saying physically punished but they were verbally punished right, right? when they show vulnerability which mm -hmm. is terrible because then now you're it's so ingrained in you that whenever you show vulnerability you will get punished mm -hmm. so don't show vulnerability and that's where toxic masculinity comes in mm -hmm. 
right? And that's like the rest of their lives. And they ruin other people's lives too. Right. It's, yeah, it's an unhealthy trickle down effect. Yeah. Of yeah. like repressing emotion that comes out. Yeah. And over aggressive emotion. And then all of yeah. that from your family. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go to therapy, family. It was funny. I had Yelp reached out to me to like do oh like ads for the thing, and they had an old business of mine that was like a pre- predominantly yoga business. And I was like, well, I don't really, you know, because they're like, we'll do these gift certificate things. I was like, well, I don't really just teach yoga anymore. I do like counseling and therapy for families. I was like, I wish families would give each other gift certificates for, yeah. for Christmas. That would be awesome. We would actually have a lot healthier family holidays. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know what? That's a, that's a good idea. Maybe that's something we can all encourage people is like maybe get therapy sessions for Christmas. Yeah. Instead of going on that trip together to Hawaii, go, go on like a week long intensive therapy session. Yeah. Like go to Hawaii and have more issues there and fight and bigger there. No, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Do, do the next generation, a huge family uh, favor and heal your family trauma. (laughs) Do the work. Sure. Do the work. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, all, you know, all joking aside, like really you can't have empathy without vulnerability. And I don't think you can have the sexual confidence um, without vulnerability. You know, it's no. it is a vulnerable act. And so to to teach the sense of safety, you know, that this, you know, I think it's a part mindfulness. I think it's part um, like love and and just acceptance to be able to like show up and teach from that place of like you are okay to express yourself you're going to be more likely to express yourself down the road in sexual situations you know in in all situations you're going to be able to ask for what you want interestingly in my study sexual mindfulness as a variable is significantly correlated with your confidence, your sexual communication, and then ultimately sexual satisfaction. Uh, Sexual mindfulness is heavily correlated with sexual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So you really need both. You need that mindfulness part, which is more internal. And then you need the communication part, which is external to contribute uh, to like basically um, your long-term stable Mm -hmm. sexual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Because do you think, you know, there's this assumption of like, especially in long-term relationships, like, well, I know this person, I've been around them for this long. I know Mm -hmm. that like, what do we have to say to each other? Mm -hmm. And you know, your research is literally showing that like that stopping in communication then becomes the, the further things that are stuck that it's like, now we don't even have sex anymore. Now we don't even sleep in the same bed anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have some clients haven't had sex for eight months. Uh, And I'm sure in the world, there's people that haven't had sex longer, even though they're in partnership, Mm -hmm. they see their partner every single day at home, yet there's no sex, right? That to me is impeding your ability to have, you know, the most happiness in life Mm -hmm. is that lack of sexual energy and passion in your life. To me, and this is just my personal definition a great life is life full of passion and it's passion for your work, passion for your kids, passion for your partner, right? Um, passion for all things like uh, social causes, passion for right, and like hobbies right. without this passion. Like, why are you even here? Yeah. What is the point of your life then? Yeah. Right. Do you just want to float, go to your work, come home, eat, watch TV and sleep? Cause to me, 
I'd rather not be here if that was my life. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think the, the best life is life full of passions. And the thing is, too many people are missing that sexual uh, relationship passion part. Mm-hmm. And what you just said is spot on when they don't communicate because they feel like they already know their partner. Mm-hmm. It drives them apart even more and then more and then more. And the next thing you know, you honestly don't even know your partner. Yeah. 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 And it's to be able to like be curious, like you were saying earlier, you know, you went through this period of self-discovery and and you had a sex coach that you were working with to be like, yeah, what is, you know, what are my desires? What are these things I like? What are these fantasies? I want to like unpack it. I want to get to know myself, Yeah, you know? And to show up with that same curiosity for yourself, because we're always changing. I think, you know, I see people who they like almost try to deliberately stop growing because they're like, oh, we came into this partnership. This is who I was and this is who you were. And now if I change, do I lose you? And it's like, you know, you guys grow together by continuing to know yourself and continuing to check in and see like, yeah, hey, what's going on with this other person? Like, (laughs) they're not just here. They're not just furniture. Like, this is someone (laughs) you chose to be around. Uh, I endorse that message so hard. You have to grow together. Yeah, I what you know what I hate is when people say, like, yeah, we got married. Like, yeah, we settled down. And then like, yeah, like, we're together forever. Like, it is no guarantee, princess. It is not going to be together forever unless you found a way to dynamically grow together. Mm-hmm. People that get married, for example, I, I know some people, they, they got married at 25, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say like average life expectancy is 75. So that's 50 years right. with this one human being. And you're 25. That means like you're not even at peak growth yet. You have another 15 years of peak growth. Like, what are you going to do? Do you think that this is it? Like you've settled down and this is this person is forever. You already know each other well and it's all going to go well. And the same thing is going to happen every freaking day for the rest of your life. Like, that's just not the truth. You know, be more realistic about relationships. The world is just you know, Disney movies. It's a lot of young kids, young girls, let me say, as a lot of young girls being indoctrinated by this idea of like, like I found my prince charming and we're going to be together forever and we're getting married and it's amazing. And I'm not, I'm not taking away that happiness. Like getting married can be awesome. Your wedding can be amazing. And I actually love going to weddings. So please, everyone invite me. (laughs) I'll give an amazing talk, Uh, but I love weddings, right? It's fun. But like, be realistic about, you know, oh, this, the work doesn't stop. Right. The work and the effort continues. And that is the, what I have observed in the best relationships is that they have this realistic expectation for their partner and that they're communicative and that they know that together they grow and keep checking in with each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's maintenance, you the know, best quality. everything else. We, yeah. we do maintenance on our cars. We do maintenance on our house. We do maintenance on ourselves. Like, you know, I make sure I, I have haircuts booked and facials booked way out in advance. Like we do all <laughs> these other things where we have like a maintenance routine and your relationship needs a maintenance routine. It needs yeah. something that you are going back to, to, to keep nurturing. Yeah. It, it can't just be like left 
to, you know, to his own devices. It, it's no. um, something my husband and I have been exploring is the idea that, uh, you know, you, you show up as yourself, somebody else shows up as themselves, you come together and you kind of create this third entity that is the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so what if, you know, you, you treated it as such, like, what if you treated it as there was like this other party? So it's like, you know, if, if I'm feeling like I, I'm maybe feeling neglected. I want, you know, us to go out more. It's like, Hey, we need to put a deposit into, we call it Sanjay Ahavana. Um, Sanjay Ahavana needs like a deposit. Like there needs to be something, you know, that's like, we're putting towards the relationship. Um, and this way we can like acknowledge it in a way that isn't so like, my needs aren't being met and I need you to do this. It's like this thing that we're agreeing to nurture and like co-create together this relationship. It needs some tending to. So I'm like, I'm throwing that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I love that. And it's so necessary. And you know what, that, that tip for making something mutual. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that is one of the keys to uh, growing together. Uh, when you make growth individual thing, when you're already in partnership, let's say not, not that when you're single, like grow, like go ahead and grow on your own. But when you're in a partnership and you do care about this other person and you feel like they are your life partner, um, there is this thing that contributes to, uh, relational satisfaction, which is mutual goal. Mm -hmm. right? Without this mutual goal, you're just two separate individuals sharing a room, your roommates. Uh, So like what you just said, it's I love that whenever we talk, you're you're saying something that's a little bit more like, you know, mystical and and ethereal. It's like the same concept that there is this concept too in social scientific research. Uh, But this mutual goal contributes to higher relational satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Without a mutual goal, um, there's no, like, there's nothing to hold on to together. There's nothing to work towards together. So Mm -hmm. if you were, for example, going to, uh, for example, couples therapy together, right? The mutual goal is like, we're going to come out of this feeling deep trust for each other. And we're going to try all kinds of sex things. Or like, we're going to come out of this having more passion, passion than we've ever had in the last 10 years. Like, mutual goal where like it works right and it doesn't have to be therapy it can be like okay mutual goal of we will always create a ritual like we'll always cook together every sunday mm-hmm. right and like so leading up to that like oh maybe i'll stop by a, a different grocery store on friday because i need to get a certain ingredient for our sunday mutual yeah. goal right so like that all of that contributes to this like culture of mutual goal together i love that um so you we're talking earlier about how you saw a coach and as a coach, what is, you know, what is something that you think you received from the coaching experience that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise that you really needed that reflection to help you out? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is a great question. And I actually was just thinking about that yesterday because I had some uh, pretty heavy sessions um, with my clients. So what I thought of was how grateful I am to learn that there are all kinds of issues 
And, you know, you, you wouldn't think someone would be grateful to know there are all kinds of issues. But I'm grateful to know that there are all kinds of issues existed in the sexual realm, in the relationship realm, uh, at all stages of life, but that there is always a solution. Yes. And I wouldn't have learned that without being a coach. Right. Like, yeah, I teach in I teach at call at the university and I teach my class. Right. So I have my PowerPoint and I teach all these theories and research of sexual communication and relationship. But it's the interaction and the deep interaction with my clients allow me to know, whoa, there are so many more issues out there. Mm -hmm. uh, some issues I actually have not heard of. It's in the yeah. same category of, you know, the, like when we're talking about like big categories of sexual issues, there's not a lot. There's like maybe 10 different sexual issues, but then every little issue that people have, it belongs to one of those things, right? right. But I've never heard of a lot of things. So when I, I hear from my clients and, and they authentically share, I, sometimes I even cry because <laughs> I'm like, wow, whew, like that's a lot. And you know what? Uh, based on theory and research and just my experience, like there is a solution. Yeah. And that gives me a lot of satisfaction and hope. Absolutely. Like, you know, I don't think a problem can exist without a solution. It's just when you're in the thick of viewing it from that lens of like, this is happening to me. This is like, this is not what I want. Mm -hmm. um, it can be hard to see that if this exists, then the opposite of this exists. And mm. so how do I get there? How do I get yeah. to that, that flip side of things? Exactly. Um, and you were talking earlier about this like culture of communication. And I imagine in your studies, you've come across, you know, the all the ways in which our, our, our culture, you know, it, it's like, what I see here a lot and why I, I picked Unbuckled as the name of the show is, you know, here I am in the Bible Belt, I'm in Nashville. And this idea of of the 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 preaching um of the shame around sexuality that like creates this separateness you know how does one if you're in a in a culture where communication is not prevalent and and in fact the communication that's happening is detrimental like where do you start to begin to take those steps to like figure out how to talk about this and you know to go seek help like i think you know so many people have so much shame around sex they can't even imagine talking to somebody mm -hmm. about it yeah honestly if it's dangerous to share certain sexual uh, things about yourself and your sexual issues if it's dangerous to share that with your like family and friends and i'm not saying dangerous as in like you're gonna get hurt physically but like you know socially are you gonna be alienated after sharing certain things with your friends and your network it is highly recommended you see a coach because a coach is just a third person that doesn't know you doesn't know your circle and you can be truly you know uh, truly and authentically yourself and you can share uh, all of your issues and where you think it comes from and then work towards a goal with your coach right uh, I often talk about like the difference between therapy and coach and I think we need both uh, therapy is a little bit more working, you know, th that those like deep rooted, like past and figuring out your childhood and how it contributes to now, but not really. So what do we do now? Here's, let me formulate 
uh, a goal for you to, I mean, uh, steps for, for your goal to work towards, right? Your internal self, here's something you can do. And I'm giving you like this schedule and your external self, like here's how you communicate. Let me formulate uh, a step-by-step guide for you to achieve the yeah. goal. So I think it's important to see uh, a professional. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for saying that. And you are a professional and you have some programs coming up in January. You're going to be doing two programs on communication and relationships. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. You can find Dr. Tara at lovebites, that's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. She's on Instagram as well as TikTok. And of course, the podcast Love Bites by Dr. Tara. Um, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for being on. Do you have a final thought for our audience? Yes. Communication is everything. So you guys start communicating. And you know what? If you're in a space where you can't uh, start communicating about sex with your partner, see a coach. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just, you know, it is so we, we go to dentists, we go to doctors, like anything else, like, you know, it's so important that we normalize, um, talking about sex and seeking out support in, you know, in your sexual health, your sexual health is a vital part of your health. Like 100%. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Christiane. Always lovely to talk to you. Uh, hope you're having an orgasmic day. (laughs) I am having an (laughs) orgasmic day and I'm going to get to be about giving a lecture in your class in just a few hours. I'm super excited about that. My students are very excited. All about polyamory. And uh, maybe I can tell them the story of my my foursome this weekend. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have been listening to Unbuckled. I am your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella. And with me today has been Dr. Tara of Love Bites. Thank you all. Love you. Take care and talk about sex. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.